Today we have Andy Adderall, uh for both services, and that's going to be always, always good. Andy's always good. Gosh, it's been over 35 years, over 35 years since we first saw Andy. And uh, he's always been older than I, so that always has worked for me. <laughs> You're challenging me again. <laughs> and I've always loved Andy. It's hard not to love Andy. He's such a nice presentation of the love of the Lord. So uh, uh, the other analysis uh, for us is that Saturday is Ben's breakfast. You'll, some of you, you'll receive the uh, email on that here later. Uh, if you have any suggestions on what you would like to eat, not steak, uh, see see Will. They were fabulous. They were fabulous. They were excellent. The pork chops were wonderful as well. But we do all kinds of amazing food around here. That's why we're fat. Hmm? That is true. That's this Wednesday. So I'm glad you said that. So we meet out at the park Wednesday at 6.30. Okay, burgers and hot dogs. and oh, Yeah, snow cones. How cool is that? Yeah, bring your own money. And a lawn chair and no lawn darts. <laughs> no. Another one? Okay. Did we do pretty good? Wow, we don't have to get trash out, don't we? Yeah, we're trash. Trashy as us. Okay, very, very cool, very cool. Uh, and then as far as going forward, um, we're going to uh, have Al Houghton here the first Sunday, I think it is, uh, of June. I believe it's the first Sunday. Maybe, no. Yeah, it is the first Sunday of June. Is it the ninth? That's right. We're coming back from camp on the first Sunday of June. So it'll be the, the second Sunday in June. He'll be here for a couple of days. And then, you know, we'll be in summer mode. Now, one thing we're probably going to do on Sunday, on Sunday uh, going forward is uh, for the summertime, we'll continue to have a Sunday night service, but it'll be, it'll be a worship service. Uh, what we're going to do is maybe you guys to Wednesday nights for to rotational Wednesday night uh, for these guys to, to teach. And uh, that'll give them a chance to to have another venue to teach, not just preaching, but teaching. How's that sound to you? Sound pretty good? All right. So, Mr. Adadero. Yep. And Andy hasn't changed a bit in 35 years. <laughs> Yay. I vaguely remember his hair was the yes. same color as mine. Yes, I had dark hair, but I lived with Phyllis for 46 years. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. He was a good-looking guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 46, 46. maybe 46 years uh, come uh, December the 7th that we've been married, the Lord put us together, you know. I only known her for three Bible studies and a week, and we got married. So he walks in wisdom. Yeah, the Lord said, this is the woman I've given to you, and I asked her a question. One time when she was trying to fix the curtain at the Bible study, I said, what do you think about marriage? He says, 
I'm going to never think about that, you know. And 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 uh, and I said to the little, oh, well, I guess she's not the one. You know, this is on a Tuesday night, so I went back Friday night to see her. And the Lord said, told me, he said, I've given you this woman to be your wife, so what are you going to do about it? And this was Thursday night, so I went and saw her Friday night, and I said to her, i got something to tell you. She said, oh, he's married, you know. And, and I said, i got marriage on my mind. She said, oh, boy, all I expected was a date, <laughs> not to get married. So a week from that Friday, we got married. He's a Don Juan, you know. Yeah. I got well, marriage on my mind. <laughs> yeah, well, that's bad. That's literally messed it up there, sister. Well, she she was uh, grateful, you know, and and as a Christian, you know, she, you know, I have nothing about that determines on Christians whether they want to drink wine or not. It depends on how much they drink, you know. That's up to them. She had a bottle after I left. And we discussed about getting married. She had a bottle of wine in her refrigerator. She saw the bottle of wine, and it grew real big. And and so she took the bottle of wine and dumped all the wine into the uh, waste basin there, you know, just dumped it. And so she hasn't drinking wine ever since, unless we attend a Catholic charismatic uh, uh, service. They they have communion. They drink wine there, you know. So she dumped the wine, you know, and... and uh, and she said, for this man, I'll do it, you know, and she dumped it down. But praise God, you know, the Lord is good and, and has been kind to me and Phyllis, and we just appreciate Sarah and Sherry giving us the, the champion dog, the Chihuahua National Champion, and we tell people that, and they're amazed how Mona is and how she does things. And the first thing that the, that uh, my wife wanted, wanted me to say on this tape was, good morning, Phyllis, good morning, Mona, you know. <laughs> that would be the first priority. But God has been good to both of us and taking care of us, and even though our ministry has had certain limitations to it, but the Lord has been faithful, you know, of paying our bills, providing food for us and our home and our car, and, and, uh, and just to be honest with you, you can trust him. You can trust the Lord. When you give all of yourself to Him, you can trust Him. He'll always come through for you. He'll always do that. But you've got to obey Him what He says. See, one time we were in Bakersfield teaching on a Sunday night, and the pastor told us, us that we're going to give you $1,500 you know, for, for coming here. And the Lord says, give the money back. So we gave the check back, and I told my wife about it, and it was the first paycheck in January. We gave the paycheck back, and Phyllis was a little fuzzy about that. You know how we're, how we're going to pay our bills, you know, kind of thing. Kind of shook her a little bit, but the Lord was faithful. He's always faithful to to keep His word. When you obey Him, He will come through for the desires of your heart. He will do that, and this is where. Christians have not learned, and this is what I'm going to talk about this this morning, about tithes and offerings, okay? That is the major sin in the body of Christ. I found out through Matt Hagee, as he preached about three weeks ago, only 18% of the congregation gives tithes and offerings, and they have 22,000 people. 
And guess what? In the Lakewood Church, there's only 400 to 500 people that give tithes and offerings in that church. And it even happened to John Osteen during the time that he was ministering in Houston, Texas. I went uh, with my brother and mother to uh, a meeting where, where those that gave to the Lakewood ministry, and they were thanking the people that attended that meeting, you know, of, of their uh, dedication, giving that type of, of money to support the ministry with John Osteen, and now it's happening with Joel Osteen. Of course, he's making money out of his books. And so just to relate to you that one of the major sins in the body of Christ is tithes and offerings. In order for God to start a great revival, he must find a church where there's 100% givers, tithes and offering givers in the church. Guess what? City of Refuge. To be used to start a great revival in this city, in this state, and the whole nation of the United States of America. All the Lord is looking for one that has 100%. It doesn't concern how much amount that is given, as long as it's 100% givers in that local church. And that is what looking for. There was a prophetic word that was given to the city of refuge or the meeting place years ago in the 1980s. That is coming to pass. And it's already starting. The Lord is cleaning up the the leaders that that rebelled against him those that started churches out of the meeting place he's cleaning up the house and he's doing it now so that you guys as well as Larry and Susan have the freedom to do exactly what the lord wants and cause the kingdom of god to be expressed with full power and authority how with your Grammar school kids, your grade school kids, the junior high, the high school, and those that are going to college, that he can baptize them in the Holy Spirit and they will walk in the glory and power of the Holy Spirit and speak his word in the classrooms and God's uh, presence will be so strong and mighty to the point where kids will will offer themselves to the Lord that are not born again. They're going to have a great harvest among this, among uh, among the, the the babies, the children, the teenagers, the young adults, and seniors. They're going to have a great harvest of Christianity. You're going to have more Christians that are living here in Andrews, Texas, and some of the sinners want to go, go live in Midland and Odessa because they can't take it. Because the presence of the Lord is going to be strong and mighty in this city. And the Lord has, has done that in, in your behalf because he has chosen and he has tried you. The Lord tried the meeting place. Now he's tried the, the city of refuse. And people that have come here, they did not tithe and give offerings and then they, they take off. Guess what? The Lord's going to deal with those those errors because they hindered the, the powerful move of the Holy Spirit that should have been accomplished while they were there. And it did not happen. He's going to deal with them. And on that's the very sad thing. You want to turn to Malachi chapter 3. Praise God that most of you give tithes and offerings here. 
in uh, Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, says, The Lord, I, the Lord, do not change. So you are the descendants of Jacob and, and not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will turn to you, says the Lord Almighty. Do you ask, how are we to return? Well, will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me. But you ask, how have we robbed Robbing you in tithes and offerings. See, that's the issue right there. You see, in the beginning of, of the book of Genesis, Abel gave, gave the firstborn animals to the Lord. And therefore, he offered a sacrifice and the fire came down and consumed it. Cain just decided not to give uh, an exact offering, which he should have. It should have been the first fruit offering is what it, it, he should have given and so the firstborn offering represents the crucifixion and death of Christ. The first uh, fruit, the firstborn offering uh, signifies the crucifixion and death of Christ. The fruit, uh, first fruit offering off, offers and signifies the resurrection of Christ. And Cain did not do that. See, it was it was supposed to be decree that the Lamb of God was going to come into the whole world. That's what Abel did. And that he would die, he would be crucified, died, buried, and raised from the dead and sit at the right hand of the Father. That's what those animals represented. But, but Cain was supposed to offer the fruit, first fruit offers, offerings, which re- represents the resurrection of Christ. One is death and one is resurrection. And so Cain missed it. You see, he missed it there. Therefore, he got jealous because Abel's offering was uh, was offered as a as a pleasing offering to the Lord because it represents his crucifixion and death. That's what it represents. And if Cain had offered up the first fruit, which represents the resurrection of Christ, if he had done that on his altar, then God would have consumed it by fire because it represents resurrection. See, you've got to understand that the, the symbolism that God is trying to present in, 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 in His Word, that you bring your tithes and offerings. Offerings are, are, are the firstborn animal, and it's also the first fruit of the animal. And in order that you are, what you're doing when you are offering an extra percentage of, of your income, instead of just giving 10, you start giving 15. Or twenty, or thirty, or forty—the first fruits. It represents your resurrection that is going to happen pretty soon. That you're going to have a resurrected body when you give extra. That's what—that is what it's symbolism. This is what you're doing when the Lord is asking an extra percentage out of your income, not just tithes, but that you are going to have a resurrected body when Jesus. Shout your name, blows the shofar, one note, and your bodies are changed in the twinkling of an eye. The dead in Christ are raised up first, and you are gathered together to meet the Lord in the air. That's what. It, that's why it's so important symbolically that your money, your tithe, represents the death and, and resur- death, the the crucifixion and death of Christ. That's what it represents. Your, your extra money, what you give, represents your resurrection alongside with Jesus Christ the Lord. And see, so the devil is trying to prevent the believers 
of not having faith to, to look forward, of having a lifestyle that will change forever. You will have a spiritual body. That's what your, your body is hungering for right now. It's groaning and travailing. I have experienced this. The groaning means to mourn, that the rapture hasn't happened yet. The travailing is the pain on, on your emotions, that it hasn't happened yet. And in order to compensate for this kind of activity that is happening in your life, this is what I've learned, you've got to operate in the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, meekness, long-suffering, discipline. Allowing the Spirit of God <coughs> to flow through you and manifest all these manifestations of the fruit of the Spirit so that you will not be groaning and travailing for weeks and, and wondering, why am I having this pain and distress in my life? See, you've got to operate that way. You've got to believe in faith. That of who you are in Christ Jesus, you have the fruit of the Spirit and declare its manifestation in your life. Let love manifest in my spirit, in my soul, and in my body. Let joy operate in my spirit, soul, and body every day if, you, if you're having this agony going on in your life. Otherwise, that thing will keep on going without any result until you begin to acknowledge of who you are in Christ Jesus. This is the problem in the body of Christ. They still recognize that they're still sinners saved by grace. No, you're not. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. Period. Yeah, we do sin. And yet we have the opportunity to ask the Lord to forgive us of our sin and he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. But here's the issue. But when you do that, you don't remember the mistake that you made. You forget about it. Paul said, forgetting all those things that are behind me and reaching forth for the high calling prize that is in Christ Jesus. He did not remember all the Christians that he killed before he became a, a, a saved person. He forgot it. He learned not to condemn himself and hold himself guilty for the lives that he killed. That's what he did. And what Paul said in one word, I have what? Defrauded no man. Now, some have read that scripture. What do you mean Paul did not defraud any man? He killed people. He forgot it. And that's the way we as believers got to do the same thing. We cannot... Remember the faults that we have committed against one another. We have to forget it. And so when you give tithes and offerings before the, before the Lord. See, James chapter 5 says this, money talks. When you offer your tithes and offering before the Lord, it is, that money is presented before the Lord and confessing that Jesus Christ is king over all the whole earth and that he is high priest that intercedes for the body of Christ as well as sinners. Money talks. That's what you do when you present it before God, before the Lord Jesus Christ. It talks in, in, in the behalf of Jesus as being king over the whole earth, that he's trying to give to, to, to get law and order in every nation. 
that presidents of different nations will not have their people killed because they are indifference between them. Jesus is trying to prevent that from happening. Law and order as the king in every nation. No abortion. Hello? No homosexuality. But because believers are not tithing and giving offerings before the Lord, these types of manifestations are happening in the community. But once the Lord finds a church that are 100% tithes and offering by abortion, by homosexuality, you're gone. And all of those that believe in that issue are wiped away. See, that's why it's important. Because you are honoring Jesus Christ as King of King and Lord of Lords. You're honoring Jesus Christ as High Priest after the order of Melchizedek. See, as a king, Jesus does this. Over all the nations. He blessed sinners and he judges sinners as a king. As a high priest, he blessed believers and he removes believers. Well, where do you get that, Andy? Peter, Ananias and Sapphira, believers that kept part of, of the offering back instead of giving the whole piece. They were judged and their life was taken away. Achan, he stole the money over there in Jericho and, and silver and gold and clothing. And because of his sin, he allowed 36 men to die at the Battle of Ai. I want to tell you something. Believers, when they disobey the Lord and not giving tithes and offerings, allows Satan to come in to attack the local church. But the ones that are truly obedient are not going to suffer the devices of the devil because they know who he is and their demons and the angels. Because you have authority over him. You're not going to do this in this house. See, you've got to use your authority when the devil tries to approach your house and trying to harm your husband and wife and children. No way. You're under my feet. And you must, what? Flee away from me and stay away from me. See, the opportunity where, the, where Satan comes in is when the husbands and wife have disagreement and start shouting and screaming at one another. Hello, now it's really quiet. <laughs> Allows the opportunity for, for a demon to come in and start hassling. But as soon as you recognize what is happening, that you forgive one another and bless one another, and then you can tell, you're out of here, Satan. You will not touch our family. You'll leave him alone. Because he has no authority to attack you. Because there's no issues between a husband and wife. Hello? That's why the Lord wants harmony between the husband and wife. So that Satan can come, can come in and start uh, doing his thing uh, against God's people. See, we got to understand this. That Jesus, Jesus is coming. But here's the thing about the Lord, and, and, and maybe I don't want to scare some of you. But the Lord is coming with judgment before the, the rapture of the church. He's going to clean up the church. 
He's going to clean up the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for their wrongdoing of hampering the will of God to happen on the earth. And Jesus told me in 2016, in June 2016, he says, I'm going to start killing people. This is 2016 he told me this. And I've seen this happen. I've heard it happen. That the Lord has made up his mind and, and the intensity of the heart of the Lord, I'm telling you right now, he's had it up to here of disobedience of believers not giving that which is rightfully his. They have robbed him. They have dishonored him. They have disrespected him as king over all the nations of the earth and as high priest and have disrespected his sacrifice, his crucifixion, death, and resurrection. See, this is, this is why the intensity is, is so important and so high, is because as this sin still prevails in the church of this kind of disobedience of, of, the, of the believers, of not giving tithes and offerings before the Lord or giving an extra amount of percentage of your income, you see, this is what is hindering. This is what, because of the dishonor and disrespect that they are showing toward Jesus. See, most believers don't know that. If I don't tithe, they're not hearing. If I don't tithe, what happens? Well, nothing's happened. I, I didn't tithe this Sunday. Nothing happened to me. But as, as time goes on, you see, they start sowing sin till it matures. Then the Lord has to come in and do what? Wipe them out. Because they are hindering the will of God in the body of Christ. A hundred percent is going to be done here. Let me tell you. It's going to be done here. And the Lord has chosen this, 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 this area right here in order for it to, to be accomplished. That you will honor him. Okay? Now, there's a scripture in 1 Timothy 6.10. It says, the love of money is the root of all evil. I looked it up and, and found out the definition. The love of money, it means to love the silversmith that makes the money. The person loves the one that makes the money. Guess what It happens today in, in this area? Christian believers that are hungry for money will find Christian families that are wealthy in order to be friends with them. Not for the sake of, of being united with friends, but to get a hold of their money in order to support what they want. Hello? So you have to be careful with people. Are they after your, if you are very wealthy, are they after your money? Or are they after really to be friends and united to, together as covenant people? And there's people like that. It's kind of hard and tough, isn't it? <laughs> But the Lord wants you, wants you to, to know the, these areas that are taking place in the body of Christ. That, that just loving money in itself is, is not the issue. It's allowing the enemy to, to come in and to steal, kill, and to destroy. And he does not want that to happen to, to Christian believers and family members. He, he wants what the Lord wants because what the scripture says, he became poor. Then they say that. And through his poverty, that you might be rich. That's what it says. He was stripped, beaten up, crucified. Jesus 
And out of his poverty, imagine this. We get the, the rich and wealthiest wealth of the nations of the earth. And but what, but what he's looking for is faithful, obedient, committed Christians that he can trust. Like he gives, like, like, like he did with, with, with the 12 tribes of Israel. Some got large territories and some got small territories. But yet they identified themselves as a Jewish nation. The same thing in the body of Christ. Jesus let uh, Christian believers become billionaires, millionaires, and some of us just doing it day by day. And yet the trust factor is still there. Can, can the Lord trust you in small things so he can trust you with what? Many things. This is what's happening to you and I. Can Jesus trust us? What we have. Now, here's the, here's the issue. When you come to the Lord, you present your spirit, soul, and body to be born again, right? Well, I got something to add to that. When you came to the Lord, everything that you owned belongs to Him. Your bank account, your business, your job, it belongs to Him. You not only gave your spirit, and soul, and body to Him, but you got to understand He has the right to your bank account. He has a right to your job. He has a right to your business. Yeah. You, you, you say to the Lord, Lord, I give everything of me all to you right now. And he says, what about your stuff? <laughs> huh? You know what Christians do? What, what the Lord showed me about some Christians that don't tithe in churches? They sing in the choir because the church doesn't pay them. They become ushers of the church because the church doesn't pay them. They, they become intercessors in the church and the church doesn't pay them. So they don't tithe. So they figure, since I don't get paid, I'll serve him this way. And therefore, I don't have to release my money to him. <laughs> this is their carnal thinking. But to let you know, if... No, I'm not going to say that if. When, when you have a unity of faith and commitment of giving that which is rightfully the Lord Jesus Christ, his tithes and offering, recognizing of who he is and what he has done because of your giving. That's what the tithes and offering, it speaks in that behalf of him. But when you don't do it, it, it brings dishonor and disrespect. Of who he is. Hope I'm not trying to be too hard on you, okay? <laughs> but you got to give what is rightfully his and to honor him. Now, out of his grace and mercy, he may let it go the first time, but the second time, you may not be here. Are you listening? Because his holiness and righteousness is here in this church. And he's not going to put up with disobedience. He's not going to do it. You can't say, well, I can't afford it. You can't afford to. You can afford to do that. When Phyllis and I started our ministry, 
We were behind in our rent three weeks. But we gave tithes and offerings to the Lord. Whatever we received, we gave it to him in spite of that. Then after several months, went to go minister with, with, with uh, a crowd of women. And we were the first speakers at that meeting. It was Chuck Flynn that was in charge of it, but he, he was gone. He let me take over. And when they were going to have uh, the offering during that time, one woman spoke up. And they did not know us. They said, this woman said, this couple that has come to us need our financial help now. We didn't mention that we had a financial need. This woman spoke up. And from that day when it happened, God started meeting all our needs, what we needed. Yeah, he, he met it. So I'm just telling you, as a testimony, you can trust him no matter what. You can trust the Lord what he plans to do. But right now, he wants this, the love of money, to be uprooted out of this church completely, that it will never return again, and that the Lord will establish his kingdom, his will, to be done in this body of Christ. When it affects you, it will affect all the churches in this area in Andrews, Texas. Everybody will be dealt with by the Lord. Not only, see, as a, as a high priest, he's kind, but as a, but as a king, he's tough. And everybody's going to find out how tough Jesus can be. Well, I don't want to hear that. Well, it's too late. But <laughs> I don't want to hear that at all. It's just too late. But, but you've you got to understand the, the, the Lord of his understanding, what, what, what he wants done in this body. He wants the robbers out. He wants the disrespect and dishonor out. He's tired of seeing it. He's fed up with it. And some Christians have died because they did not give tithes. I got charged up now. Oh, boy, this is louder. Yeah, you go right ahead. Go ahead. And just take it off. Okay. Okay. The Lord is... You know, he has his plans designed on you before you were born. He has written down your life on the book of life, what you were supposed to be like. He's already written it down before you were created. He already designed you already to be here at this time so that you could be a, a help to his glory, okay? That people can see the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ on your life. When you say you're a Christian, they're affected by it. They fall under the power of the Holy Spirit. When one Christian pastor, he prayed that morning and went to the drugstore and just walking by customers and they were all falling down. Because of the presence of the Holy Spirit on his life. They were all falling apart, man. They're just... You know, one time it happened when Phyllis and I, we ministered at a church in Canoga Park and went out to lunch with this pastor. And one of the women from the church came to, to address us and greet us. And as she walked, she fell under the power of the Holy Spirit and the waitress, it, it shocked the waitress. And I said, she's okay. She's fine. You don't have to call her ambulance. Things like this happen. 
Guys, when you leave this church, you're filled with the Holy Ghost, and you go out to eat, and everybody falls out. And to just show that his God's, God's presence is in your life, and that you mean business. And this, these things are going to start happening. You know, signs, wonders, and miracles, missing arms, missing legs are going to happen. Restored eyes are going to happen. Restoration of the total of the body is going to happen. Guys that, 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 that are a bunch of drunkards, they're going to be delivered from that, that kind of mess. On, on drugs, addicts, they're going to be delivered and set free. And it's not going to take long to, de- to disciple them because the Lord is going to cause such a hunger in their hearts to, to eat and, 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 and drink of the Spirit and walk in the Spirit of the Holy Ghost that they're going to know that when you walk downtown that you're a born-again believer. Some are going to greet you and some are going to run away. Run to the other side of the street and, and avoid you. And, and, and these signs shall follow them. What? That believe these signs and wonders and miracles will ha- will follow you because you believe God. You know, this thought comes to mind. Some Christians think they're not worthy enough to approach the Lord. Baloney. I don't care how much sin you committed. Once you confess your sin and be born again, you're worthy. He made you worthy, regardless of what you did in your past. And all Christians, oh, look at that. Who's born again? You've got to be kidding. That's, that's tough cookie for them. But once, once you walk with the Lord and, and committed to Him and love Him and adore Him. See, my relationship with the Father and Jesus and the Holy Ghost is, is intimate. When, once I, maybe I said this before. Once I was praying, I said... At, I said to the Father, I said, Father, you're very special to me. He calls me AJ. AJ, he said, the Father said, AJ, did you hear what he said? I'm special to him. And then some, some member that we had known before had passed away and went to heaven. He came two months later and visited me. And he says, AJ, everybody knows who you are in heaven. You know, I said, it's fine. You know, and he told me, you know, how much the Father loved and cared about me. And to tell the people that were there holding a Bible study that Jesus was coming back again. So, it is, you know, I did not earn that position. God was willing to give it to me. The Father, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost, because why? Because they love me deeply, not because of who I am and what I did. Just because they wanted to. And that's the way he wants to act with you. He wants to love you so much so that you return the love that you have received on him and do it to him as well. To bow down before his feet and kiss his feet, kiss his cheeks, love and adore them. Hug them. That's what I do at times in private. And, and just admire them. Exalt them. Magnify them. And showing who I am and, 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 and how much they mean to me and to each other. This is what he wants. He doesn't want the condemnation of your past. He does not want that. He wants that removed. 
And he wants you to approach him. I don't know, you know, if I can gain his favor. You already got his favor. All of you have his favor. You don't have to earn it. It's his. It's yours already. And you don't have to earn it. It's all yours. All you have to do is go to the Father and, and, and ask him. He says, what, he that cometh to God, what? You can come to the, to the Lord and ask in his name and the Father will, will do what, what is necessary to accomplish what it needs to be done. Sometimes your prayers are not answered because it's being formulated to the point where it will be answered. Sometimes weeks, sometimes months, and sometimes years. In other words, the Lord to, to mold you, shape you to the point where you are a responsible and accountable person before Him. That's why. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is good. He's so good. All right. Hallelujah. Well, anybody needs prayer? I guess it goes to lunchtime, huh? <laughs> what I plan to do is, would you all stand up, please? I want to pronounce the, the blessings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the blessings of Jesus Christ, and the adoral blessings on you, on your spirit, your soul, and body. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pronounce the blessings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob on this congregation, the blessings of Jesus Christ, the blessings of mine and Phyllis this day in the name of Jesus, that you are blessed going out and you're blessed coming in. And we thank you, Father, that you are favoring them deeply in Jesus' name. Amen.